she's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. We can just turn this whole episode around right now. Best rated episode ever. No! <laughs> we are not making porn. <laughs> nobody wants to see that. Literally nobody. No, I disagree with you. There's, there's, there's a peg for every hole out there, and somebody wants to see it. Mm. No. No. Yeah. No. I want to see it. So, there. No. <laughs> You can just add it in. Why? <laughs> okay, because you're weird. Okay, hi everybody. Uh, it's April here. Uh, Molly is still recovering from being unwell. So I have my husband, our editor, Tom, with me. He is going... <sighs> He's so he is going to give a quick take on a book that we read this month earlier, uh, which was The Nature of Witches. And then we're just going to kind of chat about our life. Um, so do you want to go first? Sure. I'll go first. Okay. He's going to go first. <laughs> the Nature of Witches by Rachel Griffin is in a coming-of-age book full of angst, anxiety, and romance. Hmm. I'll never be certain about anything ever. But isn't that the point of life, to enjoy change? As humans, we celebrate the autumn leaves changing into a beautiful tapestry of death and decay. We celebrate the first snow of the year, perfectly white, calm and peaceful. We celebrate the spring flowers that pop with color. The summer sun is perfect for frolicking with your significant other. Change is the purpose of life. So why does Clara fight against change? Because that's the theme of Rachel Griffin's other works. The author loves to play with the idea that change is the only constant in this world. As soon as Clara embraces that idea, her whole world snaps into place. Normal writers and authors play the minimalist game, that everything put into the book must have a meaning. Rachel Griffin doesn't play that game. There is advice from ex-lovers and trusted professionals that get sprinkled in, but mean absolutely nothing. I think this is a perfect analogy for life. Clara... Clara's world makes sense when it makes sense to Clara, not when she's learned to rely on her magic solely, as her evil professor told her, but didn't even make sense when Clara was following her own rules, living in a cabin away from the dorms and dating people three months at a time. It's only after Clara finds Clara that everything is good. The Nature of Witches is well-written, a coming-of-age book that gives young readers little hints at life. But... 12 minutes. It took 12 minutes before a unprovable theory became our inevitable doom. I mean, sure, the book has nature in the title, and our fearless protagonist, Clara, has the power of all seasons and must save the earth from destruction. All that was gathered from the description written by the author. But 12 minutes? I'd expect a little more subtly than that. Going into this read, I expected climate change to bash me in the head, but it might hit a little harder if it was buried deeper in the book. As an author, you have one chance to surprise a reader. Laura Keating gave us a quick tiny jab, not a massive gut punch. Wouldn't the end of all civilization deserve a little more wind-up? For example, when we contrast this book with Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow, we can, we can learn how to throw a proper propaganda punch. Did you read Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow? In Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow, the gun control message 
was left was out of left field and buried so hard that it has a reach to say that it's even there, that there is even an anti-gun message. In Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, Sadie and Sam have built a life, built a company, became pregnant by another guy. You're invested in the characters and their life. Then out of nowhere, the story changes with a massive gut punch. Bring it back to the nature of witches. We're not invested in the message of climate change. It's up front and in your face. It's easy to ignore the climate change message. If you're going to try and force a theory into your reality, just hide it a little better. That's all I ask. Although with that revelation, it is easy to understand that all the critical acclaim of this book has received. If the powers that control society has a propaganda to push, they push it first and they push it hard. Push, push, push it real good. <laughs> That's what wins awards and critical acclaim. Here, listen to this rave review. A bright, fresh read from a glowing new voice. The nature of witches is both timely and stirring. Griffin's emotional writing that cuts to the heart and will make her a new YA favorite. Says Adrian Young, New York Times bestselling author. It feels like the publishing industry today focuses more on how many agenda points we can shove into a book. Why is this book a timely piece of emotional writing? Because it focuses on the fads of today. Personally, enjoy structure, syntax, and a challenge to the cerebral over pandering and force-feeding a narrative. I don't know, call me old-fashioned, but wouldn't you rather read a timeless tale of chivalry and a hint of fuck around and find out over a timely emotional appeal? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rachel Griffin is a new author so I can let her emotional appeals aside, right? She's not married to a Hollywood actor. She doesn't have any decades-old connections to the entertainment industry today. A fresh new face, the one that no one knows about but has been embedded in Hollywood since 1988. That's fine. The Nature of Witches is a good book that is well-written, so much so that throughout the whole book, I only have one bullshit flag moment. Clara... Yes, the bell. <laughs> Clara has just expended all the magic from two witches, has collapsed from exhaustion, and is about to get the best tucking in she's ever had. What does she change into? A cami and boy shorts. Nah, girl, you're going to grab those stained flannel PJs that should have been thrown away two years ago. <laughs> Don't go getting cute for a boy. Get comfy. That shit was too much for you not to be comfortable. <laughs> Which brings us to the forgotten characters, the shaders. The use of the shaders is obvious and overt, yet somehow they feel forgotten. They're the invisible enemy that will never be conquered or fought. The shaders are vilified as if they're the only cause for the mess the witches are in. Mm -hmm. We're encouraged to ignore the choices the witches made that got them there. It was Griffin that wrote the words, the choices you make today will be felt by the you yet to come from a season for everything yet she pins all the woes onto the shaders and there's no resolution no epic face-off that removes the shaders from the equation mm -hmm. we're left with no conclusion the climate will keep changing and the shaders will keep getting the blame for the changing world mm -hmm. even as the witches are actively manipulating the laws of nature and the excuse that the witches need the shaders is just silly what are the shaders going to do burn you at the stake you can make it rain on any fire. That's literally the first exercise you saw Claire participate in. <laughs> Witches are putting out wildfires. 
This little rant is underplaying the book. If this book was a ring, it's full of little hidden truths that shine like diamonds. The story of Song and Professor Hart are just the means of getting those diamonds to the public. One of such hidden truths is that everyone is more beautiful in their own season. From a season for everything. But that's so true. People love to admire another person who is hitting their stride. If you're out there looking for a spouse, your crush will not be interested in you. People see what you're focusing on. If you're focused on hunting for a mate, your crush will see that that's all you do is hunt around and will avoid you. But if you focus on your studies, focus on your job, hone your skills, or get good at a hobby, suddenly you're beautiful, smart, driven, and everyone sees it. Speaking of Song and Clara's love story, I'm not one seeking out stories that, can I, that I can find myself in. The idea that we need Asian characters as much as white characters is a silly concept for me, especially when talking about this book. After all, indifference is toxic from a season for everything. We only know the race of Dr. Singh, the Asian doctor that treated Clara at the hospital. Clara's skin is brought up many times, but never in the context of color. Clara is a colorless protagonist, the nature of witches is a great example of great writing that anyone can find themselves in relating to one of the main characters. Normally, I wouldn't have noticed that Clara was colorless, but I found myself in this book and sub subsequently went looking for author bias. It's not often that Camilla Sinesis aficionados get so much attention. As a massive black tea drinker myself, it's good to finally be recognized. I feel seen. Overall, The Nature of Witches is a light and easy read. It's a book that I would recommend to my liberal friend's kid in order to win points with their parents. There you go. That's it. Okay, so you thought it was good writing because I did not. I did not think that was good storytelling. I, I, I did not. It was half good. No. It was a good coming-of-age story. No. With a lot of agenda points shoved in. Well, yeah, I mean... If you remove the propaganda, remove the climate change, and just get into it, yeah, it's a good story. Mm -mm. She's coming of age. She finds herself. She finally stops dating around. She finds her guy. It's it. So how many stars out of five would you give it? What would you rate that? <sighs> Two and a half. The book is a five star and the other half is a zero star so you get two and a half you say it's really good writing <laughs> written two and a half stars uh this is what i'm married to so okay so i <laughs> i don't know what to do with that um <laughs> wow okay i don't agree with you i did not think the book was very good but that is actually what i rated it was two and a half stars <laughs> but that was because i did not think the book was good so um i think it's really interesting that you mentioned like if you're looking for your wife then your crush isn't going to uh like you anymore because i think it'd be really kind of cool if we talk about like how we met so we met on eHarmony um in 2009 so we've been together for 14 years and we've been married for almost 13. And do you want to tell them what you did the first time you met me? Well, uh, <laughs> what I did, I was late. I very, was not there. Very late. An hour late. <clears throat> An hour late. <laughs> so I was late. Mm -hmm. I show up, but I'm on the 
phone with her. I'm like, I can't find the house. I can't find the apartment. Where are you at? I'm coming across. I got a little bit of traffic. I'm in constant communication. This should have been my first sign that you are terrible with directions. Like you get lost in our very small town in Virginia. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, yeah. Earlier today, I was like, which I would get into the movies. Yeah. No. So what happened when you saw me? So. I saw her and I, I mean, she was absolutely gorgeous. She opened the door. She was the picture perfect radiance. <laughs> and my head got completely messed up, all jumbled. And I go, okay, turn around and left. And I'm like, was that the whole date? Are we, is that it? <laughs> so, um, so we did go on our first date. We went to Olive Garden. His mom did thought that was really funny because we met in our, late 20s and that's a teenage high school date but i was like zero expectations are coming from this because i don't know you bro <laughs> but i was coming off of a four-year exile to key west i don't yeah. know if that's an exile but there's, it is. i don't know if you lived in key west there's nothing down there. nothing there's there's couple, tourist stuff there, there's tourist stuff but it's it's you like you get one good po boy sandwich and maybe a good slice of key lime pie. The Cubans. And are if good you go, though. if you go, no, they're not. Oh, really? They're better in, are they better, better in, in Tampa? Miami. They're better in Tampa, Miami. Tampa's so, got good. So and, and one more good chocolate um, martini. Like three completely That's different restaurants. Good. If you get a good po' boy, you got to go to one restaurant. If you want a good uh, key lime pie, you got to go to another restaurant. Kelly's. Kelly's, and then <sighs> Kelly's is okay. And then you finally your chocolate mojito, you whatever. You have to go to the gay side of town to get a good chocolate mojito. Anyway. I wanted good food. I mean, Tampa and St. Pete's food scene was amazing. Yeah. And I was picking out tapas and yeah. Brazilian steakhouse. And I just wanted some good food because I was coming back to the mainland, basically. But I was like, I was still a virgin when we met. So this guy checked my virginity um, and I was like, huh? Check. <laughs> I did not, um, I did not want any expectations because I was not going to sleep with him and I didn't know him. So yeah, I was like, no, we're not going somewhere fancy. <laughs> but on our first date, I have to tell them what you did because it was really funny. So on our first date, uh, the waiter comes over and he's like asking if we want any appetizers. And we had talked about getting like a dipping boat of like Alfredo. And he and Tom's like, we want a we want a dipping sauce. And he's like, the waiter starts like naming them off. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, all of them. <laughs> so, at the time, there was a, a fee for each single one, and I was like. Are you sure about It was this? two bucks. I don't remember what it was. It but, was two bucks. But, then, but also, I'm expecting to pay for like tapas and Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah. We go to Olive Garden, two bucks for an extra dipping sauce. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I went to the restroom at one point because, you know, ladies, you know, if you're on a date and you don't really know the guy, or even if you do, you have to have like the go to the restroom moment where you make the phone call or text your friends to be like, he's not going to murder me. Still not totally convinced that you won't murder me someday, but he hasn't yet. <laughs> so I went to do that and I came back and he's like, I ate the pepperoncini. I wanted to eat it before, like the one that comes of the salad. I wanted to eat it before, but I was afraid it would like squirt on you and I didn't want that to happen. And I'm so glad I waited because it did. It squirted everywhere. And I was like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> this pepperoncinis are good. <laughs> 
to this day, he still takes all the pepperoncinis because I don't like them. And all the olives because I deeply dislike olives. Deeply dislike them. Um, and then, then after we went to dinner, um, we, he, you asked if we would cook, if I wanted to go get coffee. And we were right across the street from a, a Barnes and Noble that has, um, that had a, a Starbucks, but you knew that I did not like Barnes and Noble. I had a, a deep distaste for Barnes and Noble, which has changed now. Cause that's like the only place we go for books now, but, um, you drove further away to go to borders. So you knew I love borders. You listened to me and, um, I don't know that I listened to you. I, I mean, <laughs> if, if I was to, to, to still let that whole time period down, I heard the words <laughs> and then averaged them out. And that's what I took away. <laughs> well, she that... did not want to go to Cheddar's. She absolutely refused to go to Cheddar's. She did not want to go to Cheddar's. So uh -huh. second date, I took her to Cheddar's. Yep. She said Cheddar's. Like many times. I was like, I don't want to... I thought he was joking. I was like, you're really taking me to Cheddar's? Like after I said a billion times that I don't like Cheddar's. And that's where we went. Um, but we actually met the week of your birthday which is mm. the week that this episode is going live. It's also your birthday. So happy birthday. You're almost 41 when this episode comes out. <laughs> eh. I'm already 41. He likes to remind me that I'm older. I, I like, I, I, I've heard a new saying actually that, that the, my age is hearsay because I don't remember it. <laughs> I think that's probably accurate. <laughs> so, We've been married now. Um, we got married in June of 2010, and um, we have two kids, and we talk about them on the pod a lot, James and Sam. And today, our family actually went to go see the Mario movie. Um, we try to do those kind of things, and, like, one of the things I really love about our relationship and in our family is that we, like, play together. So we play Pokemon, we play Mario Kart, we play board games. I really like doing that. It is a lot of fun. You have so many words. Lots of words. All the words. All the words. <laughs> so, um, what, what, uh, so one of the other things I want to talk to you about is what you're reading right now because, okay, mm -hmm. full disclosure, Tom and I share an audiobook app, okay? And on that app, he gets audiobooks for me at my requests, but he is the main user of the audiobook app because I tend to use um, hashtag not sponsored Audible, um, which I use Molly's account. <laughs> I don't have my own account. Or I use Libby or Overdrive, which are library apps. So I was scrolling through our shared app and you have some explaining to do. All right, let's go for it. I came I mean, across. There's a whole giant bookshelf of explaining to do. Let's go for it. Fair point. But I came across a book that the cover of the audiobook was a man riding a chicken, and this was a romance novel. It was not a romance novel. <laughs> the book is called Librio Hexer. Oh my gosh. Uh, I probably put it in the description. Yeah, we can put it in the description. Yes. It's a guy riding a giant chicken. That's what it is. It's it's the second in the Wolfman Warlock series. Um, we can bring that one up. Actually, it's not the one I'm reading right now. It's the one I finished earlier. It's really funny because when I asked you about it, you were like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I need to read that. Yeah, it was, it was really good. <laughs> it's a lit RPG. 
series. And if you don't know the lit RPG series, they are um, basically the an, an audiobook told from the story of, from the perspective of a character sheet going through Dungeons and Dragons. So it's basically D and D. Yeah. Do you ride chickens in D and D? Well, you can if the chicken is large enough and tame enough. No. This guy, uh, the Librio Hexer, the second one, the first one is called Bibliomancer. The second one is called Bibliohexer. He is a sorcerer mage who befriends a... Biblio means... Means book in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. He befriends a talking book. (laughs) He befriends a talking book and... Oh my gosh. Begins this journey of becoming (laughs) and learning sorcery and magic from the book instead of from the academy. And the academy makes you sign these accords and it's basically slavery. And he breaks out because he befriends this book. And and you liked this series? So part of that is he continues and <laughs> he gets all of his friends to leave the town and leave the newbie area. Uh-huh. And, and they run off and they join a kobold race. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a, like a wolfish kobold yippee thing. Uh-huh. Whatever. So he's, he's now a traitor to the human species while pushing forward the agenda of the kobolds and he's cobalt, clearing like out the element no not like, cobalt like the... k with a k not a c it's a little humanoidish dog thing <laughs> not the dragon i know there's two different types okay okay it says little dog things like wolf man warlock right wolf great so they anyway the wolves <laughs> kick them out of their city because their guild's only five people and it's not big enough so you're ashamed to us, get. And they end up clearing out a dungeon. And the main premise of the second book is that he builds, in this dungeon, he builds his profession. He is a chicken farmer. <laughs> He's farming the chickens, He's right? farming the chickens, yes. Well, <laughs> I believe the one on the cover, I don't know, the picture's a little small, but I believe the one on the cover is his main mother chicken hen who lays off all the eggs. So I'm, I'm really glad that you've explained this to me because I was su- super judging you. I mean, I'm still judging you because it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I was like, what kind of romance novels are Tom, is Tom reading when it's men riding on chicken? Yeah. Like, same of the day. But you do read a lot of romance. I do. The one I'm currently reading right now is technically romance? I don't know. Let's pull it up here. It is... Um, that has a half-naked Survive, girl. Yeah. Survive the Monster and Breed. She's almost completely naked. Almost. Yeah. Survive the Monster and Breed is the uh, series. This is book one. <laughs> I finished book one last night. I'm going to move on to book two tomorrow. <laughs> Survive the Monster and Breed. Yes. Monsters. Plural. That seems like the perfect time to say, title of your sex <laughs> <laughs> So... I only recently started reading romance within the past like couple of years, and you encouraged this behavior. I did. I uh, I got her a wonderful book. Yeah, this was actually our when we were dating. Still, that you got me yes. the Sherilyn Kenyon. Book. It was, I believe, it was after our Douglas Adams. So hat. it was while well, I was teaching. So, and I think we were engaged at the time. Right. So it would have been after our our trade. Yeah, so we just we did a, a 
I read Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There's an episode about that from season two um, where Tom guest starred. And you read the Twilight series. Yes. <laughs> Which I was reading at the time. We have seen all of the movies together. And Tom claims not to like Twilight, but he's read them all and seen all the movies. Although, to be fair, I've read all of the Harry Potters and seen all the movies and I don't like that. So, Okay, so you bought me the Sherilyn Kenyon book. Yes. Um, Born of Fire. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. No, was it Born of Fire or Born of Ice? I had both of them. I think Born of Fire was the first one. Okay. And I think we so ended up one. getting Born of Ice. Um, but this was back when she was still writing that series. Like it's yeah. gone. She's gone like 10 books through and moved on to the second series. And she and also has some YA now. I didn't know who Sherilyn Kenyon was. So I thought it was just a space odyssey, like Star Wars or yeah, something. Yeah, space odyssey. Yeah. They were fucking very quickly into that space odyssey. <laughs> I mean, there was a shower scene first. Was there? I yes. don't. I don't remember that. She she was in his main spaceship, and she was feeling whatever grimy from the day. So she got in the shower, and he like snuck in and like watched her through the haze of the. Steam. Well, that's not creepy at all. Um, but I was reading that at work when I was teaching tenth grade because we had like reading time every day, and I had like changed the signature of my email to like "What are you reading?" and had put that in the signature, and I got to the spicy part, and I was like, "Oh no!" Oh, no. Close the book. Change my signature. I need to find something that I can read at work. I say that, but now I read smut on the children's desk. At the so the kids have gotten younger and the books have gotten <laughs> spicier. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, um, and you read Akatar and did a quick take on that too, and you didn't like it, but I keep telling him that I need him to read chapter 55 of, um, a court of mist and fury because oh, you all know chapter 55 listen if it takes you two books to get to any sort of semblance of romance you lost me. no they no, had romance me. i'm currently reading survive the monsters and breed they if, had if it's not like in the first five chapters it's not a romance. They story. had romance. They didn't have sex. That's not the same thing. No, it's not the same thing, but that's what I expect. You want sex. Yeah. So see, that's why I didn't read those kind of books, because I didn't want that. I wanted a romantic element. Like, I wanted a relationship. And, like, this is something that Molly and I talked about on the pod. Like, I don't want to read a Why Choose, which is, like, multi-partners um, or the reverse harem or whatever like that. Um, I like reading slow burns because I like the relationship, the buildup. Although we told each other we loved each other and we only knew each other a week. So we didn't have a slow burn. <laughs> okay. That, you don't, I, I disagree. You believe we had a slow burn? Oh, yeah. We knew each other for a week and we told each other we loved each other. Yeah, and? If, if it were it faster... It was, what, what, two it, months before we had sex? Uh, yeah, but you were okay. back in Key West, so, yeah. like, we were apart <laughs> we're part of that. So you think it would have been a less slow burn if we would have had sex right away? Yeah. It was not a slow burn. <laughs> we knew we were going to marry each other very that, quickly. I, I understand that you don't consider our relationship to be a slow burn. No. I do. As no. And I would expect sex a little bit faster, especially, uh, what, 
two months after we said that we loved each other. I mean, oh, okay. okay. This so, from a man that I told I was ready, and you wanted to wait. You were. We still waited another month because you were like, "Oh no, I don't think you really are." <laughs> but out of that out of that time frame, there I do still have a little secret tradition that I I try and figure out. I every day I try it, it try or do attempt to discover the color of your underwear. Yeah, and then he tells me I like the blue underwear. <laughs> Just a little reminder, you know, I'm still looking. <laughs> I appreciate that, though, because I am much heavier than when we met because we had difficulty getting pregnant and went through fertility treatment for our babies. And I gained a lot of weight and I'm 14 years older now, so I don't look the same. <laughs> so I'm glad you still find me attractive. So if you want to participate along in this, go ahead and drop in the comments the color of your underwear. <laughs> or attempt to guess what color she's wearing today. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be completely unknown because this, this episode's coming out in like a week. So No. What color, is, what color underwear is she wearing on Monday? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to guess my color of underwear. <laughs> you are so silly. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well... Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> I feel embarrassed now. <laughs> Every time I come on here, I'm going to embarrass you. It's, it's true. It's true, you will. Um, you also don't look like you did when we met. Nope. Nope. I had a completely baby face. Yeah. You, he was active duty, so you were clean shaven and, um, yeah, different. The haircut's the same, though. <laughs> it is. Although your your uh, your hairline has gone back a little bit more. Yeah, oh, sure. and just so everyone knows, Tom totally knew what he was doing when he set up his uh, eHarmony account. He took a picture with your our old dog who died a few years ago, and he was wearing a cowboy hat. And to this day, I have never seen him wear a cowboy hat. It got crushed in the move from Key West. Oh, okay. it, it ended up, um, it ended up behind the bench seat of that Tacoma truck. Oh yeah. We had a car and accident. It was, it was just smashed and gone. So. Yeah. But, um, you don't wear hats. No, I don't wear hats. Ever. But that picture was basically like his eyes and a dog. And I was just sold. Eyes and his brown eyes. I'm a sucker for brown eyes and our dog, um, Bella, um, who actually hated me, passionately hated me. Oh, yeah. Me, hated me. Oh, yeah. Peed on me, like, in the middle of the night when I was sleeping. Not because she waited to go to the restroom too long. Just because she really hated me. Hated me. Yeah, Bella. Bella did hate you. Mm -hmm. That was... You took her man. I did. So. I took her man. But you knew what you were doing, too. Like, all your shots were from the top, V-neck all the way down, like... Tucking your shirt into your bra a little bit. I did never tuck my shirt into my bra. I never did that. <laughs> but I did show off my assets. Yeah. <laughs> As you call them, my morals. She, she has very large morals. Very large morals. Yes. Which is a thing in the Watkins family. Everybody wants to have large morals. So anyway, um, anything else you want to talk about? 
I, there, well, I have not changed that much because I there are some little wins that you got to take as you're getting older. I still fit into my active duty belt. My belt still fits. I'm still wearing it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I want to see you fit into your active duty pants. <laughs> I want to see you try to put on um, your uh, Bravo, the blouse won't fit your no. bravas that we got married in. Oh, they barely fit. When <laughs> it's true because <laughs> you bought those when you were nineteen, and yeah. we got married when we were almost thirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm so proud the belt still fits you. <laughs> My headbands still fit me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to talk about? I, I mean, I'm open. Whatever you want to talk about. What are What are you currently reading? So I am currently reading actually one of the books that we're going to cover next week, which is uh, The Last Chance Library by Freya Sampson. And I am listening to the audiobook for um, American Royals yeah. by uh, Catherine McGee. Um, Is that the one you were telling me about in the car? Yeah. Yeah. So that one will actually be the first May book. Um, But I did just finish a very lovely smutty book that Tom actually picked out my next read. Like, I was like, I can't decide which one of these I want to read, but I need a smutty read. And you said to read the second in the spoiler alert. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Because she gave me all these options and I picked it out. And then she goes, I okay, texted Molly and uh, Katie. Jamie texted Molly and Katie, and they <laughs> told her to read that one. She didn't believe them then. She went off to the internet, and the internet had said, nah, read this one. So, yeah, why does she ask me? I don't know. Listen, I saw the perfect, uh, like, Instagram sound, which is why would I trust my husband's judgment? He married a mentally unstable woman. <laughs> A little more mentally stable than I am. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> oh my gosh, this whole episode is just going to be me laughing. <laughs> Which a lot of our episodes are. But you're going with us to our con. Yep, I'll We're be going the con. to Annapolis Book Festival at the end of this month. Um, we'll live stream from Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then you're going to put the episode together so it can be released in May. Yeah. And how do you like editing our podcast? Um, it is rewarding and frustrating. I which of those do you want to elaborate? On? Well, I mean, both of them. I okay. Mean, the the pay is amazing. You know, I'm always down for a raise. If you ever want to think about that, Tom is paid in sexual favors. Right. <laughs> Not for Molly. Only for me. <laughs> Molly's not allowed to pay you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she she is the cutest of all your friends. So <laughs> Just because she looks like me. But it's also frustrating because <laughs> you're sitting there and y'all have done it. You're sitting there. No, I disagree. No, all this. Yes, of course. You're sitting there yelling at it. And I'm like, I'm actively part of this team and I get no voice. And, and well, both might- of you will, will agree that this is an, an amazing thing to have happened in the world. And I'm like, no, the ramifications long term are absolutely awful. Well, if you just go one further, just one further. Well, we let one you further. give Tom takes occasionally, but you aren't allowed to be the center. 
one of the ones I'm, I've been holding on to since season one. I don't know which episode it is, but um, Molly was going in on uh, Benjamin Franklin. She's like, oh, Benjamin Franklin's the most horrible founder and all the rest. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, go. Okay. Yes. Go one further. What happened to him? Benjamin Franklin was a slave owner. He was, uh, at, you know, didn't completely have, on the wrong side he of get history. or something? Yes. He, he was, in fact, a pedophile by today's standards, not by then standards because laws weren't invented yet because we rebelled from all the laws. So he was technically a pedophile. And Molly pointed it out. And I'm like, yes. Okay, go one further. Where He was so hated by the Founding Fathers that they exiled him to France, giving him the ambassador title to France. He died in France of syphilis from the young girls that he was getting it with. Like, <laughs> yes, he was a horrible person, but history took care of that. You just go one further and and everything everything works out. You're so smart. I love your brain. Well, you, you can have it when I'm done with it. <laughs> Put in a little jar. I don't want it. <laughs> uh, that is one of my favorite things about you, though, is that you're really smart. Um, and I'm really proud of you because you have gotten two degrees since we met. And you um, are a really good dad and you take care of our boys. And I like that. Also, you're very good in bed. Well, thank you. Um, from what I hear, it is uh, comparable to a romance novel. Giant six inches. <laughs> I don't really have a basis for comparison, but I just assume that you're good at it. <laughs> I, I do hear you complain a lot. You are constantly screaming at me every time we even start. I am very loud. <laughs> uh, last week, I screamed so loud, I was really afraid I was going to wake the boys up. I really hope your parents don't listen to this episode. She was, she was so loud. Okay, so she was so loud, she was she was afraid the boys were going to wake up. But also, like, I... I Cracked up right in the middle of it. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, the dog is harmonizing. Oh! We, we have to lock Bailey out of the room because she thinks you're hurting me. And she comes to check on me. From two rooms away, she's very the dog concerned. was harmonizing. Well, she harmonizes with ambulances, too. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Uh, well, this has been thoroughly embarrassing. Good. <laughs> Have the romance novels, have I learned anything new from the romance novels? Um, <sighs> well, no, that's a, that's a hard one because... <laughs> He's thinking about it. I think you've learned more about your preferences, but I don't think you've learned any new styles. Huh. Um, the last the last one you, you, you like, popped through, you're like, I, I'd really love to try that. I'd really love to try that. And I'm like, yeah, that... We've been doing that for like 10 years now. Um. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, but I don't, I don't want you to tell me right now. <laughs> it was in season four. Go back, go back. It was like one of the first five episodes of season four. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, 
that she liked it. <laughs> but but we've been doing it. I, so I don't know that you've learned new moves uh, as much as you've just solidified well, solidified who you are. Just to clarify, you also like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, thank you for feeding my book obsession and my Lego obsession, my recent Lego obsession, which is why am I into Legos now? Who knows? And thank you for editing our pod. I promise to pay you later. Well, there you go. <laughs> I guess we got to end on that because let's go. <laughs> Not right now. It's the middle of the day and the boys are home. <laughs> the door's locked. We can just turn this whole episode around right now. Best rated episode ever. No. <laughs> we are not making porn. <laughs> nobody wants to see that. Literally nobody. No, I disagree with you. There's, there's, there's a peg for every hole out there and somebody wants to see it. Mm, no. No. Yeah. No. I want to see it. So, there. No. <laughs> Alright, so next week we are reading this book, The Last Chance Library by Freya Sampson. Uh, we will be at the Annapolis Book Festival on April 29th. Um, Molly and I will be there together, as well as our editor Tom will be there, and our honorary book bestie, Nurse Katie, will be there as well. And I've been posting some um, Instagram stories about uh, books I've been reading lately, like quick takes on books that I've been reading that we haven't been covering for the pod, so check those out. Um, some of them are the con authors, um, the festival authors, but uh, we aren't going to be doing reviews of their individual books. Anything you want to add? Don't grope me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> I was prepared for that to happen all episode. I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> why, why would you, you asked me not to. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Hong Kong. All right. I love you. I love you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of April and Thomas, not those of anyone else. Today's book was The Nature of Witches by Rachel Griffin, sort of. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Sleep Sweetly by Brigida. Today's guest was Tom Watkins, our editor and April's husband. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get, get lost, lost in, in your favorite, favorite book. book.